Hey y'all, it's Dave from Dadville. Hopefully by now you know that Dadville is a wonderful, fun side gig for John and I. We're both actually singer-songwriters in our real life here in Nashville. And speaking of singer-songwriter, I wanted to tell y'all about my latest release, Remembering Greatest Hits Acoustic. Over the last few months, I've been releasing some of my favorite songs I've ever recorded, and you can hear them all right now. That's literally right now. It has been so fun hearing these stripped-down acoustic versions of songs that people know and love. These are the songs that helped me build my career, and I'm so excited to share them with y'all in a new way. So, if you can, and you will, and you want to, go check out Remembering Greatest Hits Acoustic, available now. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Chip Dad. Johnny? Hey, Dave. Hey, okay. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey you want to go for a run later? Maybe like a, just uh-huh. a quick, like 5K. Oh, my God. Which is the only 5K I do. <laughs> yes, absolutely. When you say a run, I always assume, not just a 5K, but what a I call it, 5K. speedy 5K. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we do that, I will need to break out the Manscaped performance package. Uh, I mean, of course. Yeah, yeah we okay. need every advantage we can get. Okay, okay. And just so you know, the Manscaped performance package includes, listen, okay, buckle up. Okay. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. 4.0. Yep. Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, because that's when I'm Eat running, it. I don't want to think about that, John. No. Crop Preserver Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to oh, hold your goodies, John. Man, yep. just hearing that, I'm already envisioning. I can feel how aerodynamic yeah. Yeah. we're both going to be. Look, repeat this with me. Speed. Okay. Speed. I am speed. Speed. I am speed. That's good. That's lower the Lawnmower 4.0 has a 7,000 RPM. No. Motor. Yes, 7,000. Yeah, that's what I said. I'm not going to take it back. A new multifunction on off switch that can engage a travel lock and gives you the ability to turn the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off Amazing. when needed. Just for a really precise shave, John. So precise. Yeah. Oh, did I mention the trimmer is water? No way. Yes. Listen, Dave, yeah. precision is essential for elite athletes like you That's and me. Exactly right? right. Yes. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor powered 360 degree rotary dual blade system. I could say that again, but I'm not going to. No, I'm not just going to keep no, going. Go, 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 This go. nose and ear hair trimmer provides yes. proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, tugs, and all those delicate yeah. holes. Oh, man. Weird. Okay. okay. Delicate holes is the name of my side rock group in college. We had a, you know, a huge following amongst you our parents. Were amazing. But yeah, thanks. Manscaped even threw in two free bags, their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers, and the shed travel bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. You too can run like elite athletes, Dave Barnes and John McLaughlin. <laughs> and you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADVILLE at manscaped.com. Oh, it just feels good to hear, John. Mm. That's all that I'm saying. I feel seen. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code DADVILLE at manscaped.com. Your boys have been through enough this past year, okay? Treat them with the best tools for the job for Manscaped. Manscaped. 
we have we're today. We're off to a great start. This is professional, by the there way. There we go. Everything, You're wrapped up in the I'm court. Wrapped, <laughs> turn around. I do this professionally, too. <laughs> um, so today we have Chip Dodd, folks, at Dadville. This is, I'm going to tell you, Chip, this has been yeah. a long, a long, long time coming. Yeah, we, I got to say, I yeah. have heard of Chip Dodd literally for years now. Yeah. Uh, what one of my hopes with the podcast when we were starting was to have <laughs> your wisdom and your well every energy. day I would come over here and I'd be like I'd open and he'd say not today it's not, not, it's today. not ready it's not, not happening they're not yeah, ready it's yet. not cooked <laughs> yeah we need a couple more years um, so so um, with every first of all it's really good to see you hey good to see you today it's, good it's to been uh, yeah it's been a while it has been a while yeah. met you on stage yeah. Oh gosh, thousand years ago. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you look great. I started doing this <laughs> when I met you. I didn't know why. I didn't know Dave Barnes quote quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. I thought yeah. you were just a cool dude. You yeah. Know? So I'm curious. Well, I started laughing. Like you guys crazy. were on stage together. We did some kind of Chip like was a doing panel? music uh, early on. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't doing music by any means. Uh, uh, not was even Jimbe involved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of hand percussion. Yeah, we were doing voice of the heart thing and uh, just like uh, kind of like yep. a public. Uh, yep. Nashville's first failed uh, TEDx. No, it was, I thought it was great. Uh, it just we'll, didn't continue. We'll find the footage. Yeah. We'll let the people decide. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I met you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And since if, if I was actually a guest, we're going to get to this on the pod, which yeah. I felt like was one of the biggest honors in my life is that you and Stephen would actually – I just thought, is this for, I mean, I told you on the podcast, remember when you have it, it was like, is this kind of like, this is what not to do? Or is this, the, am I the before for the You're, the, you're the reference. I'm the before. They're yeah. like, this is what life is like without <laughs> Chip Dodd's counsel. No, we're going to have even. a young, we're going to have don't a gentleman even, on. Don't even go there. Don't be that hump. No, no way. Yeah, you're the star. <laughs> don't be that You guys hump. are stars. <laughs> okay, so Chip, what we do, speaking of stars, right. as we start, um, as we start all of our Dadvilles, is we start with what we call the brag sheet, and it's just the, who you are. So, so, um. So I'm about to read this thing. Buckle up. Okay. All right. Got an MA in English from University of Mississippi. Yeah. Which I got to say, go dogs. I'm sorry. That would be the, yeah, of course you do. Yeah. Yeah. My wife. I'm is SEC, a, so you're good. No okay, matter okay. Okay. No matter what. My wife is a, is a Ole Miss grad. So you got that going for you. Really? Um, received a PhD in counseling from the University of North Texas. Um, While in Texas, uh, co-founded the Bent Tree Counseling Center. Mm-hmm. In 91, Chip developed a way of seeing, you must have been three or four then. You look so <laughs> developed a way of seeing and expressing one's internal experience called the spiritual root system, yes. which I, don't, I want us to talk about. He founded the Center for Professional Excellence and was the executive uh, director for 23 years. Uh, in 2003, founded Sage Hill, which has blessed my wife and I greatly, counseling practice here at Impact a social impact organization. Written eight books, which is always how many more than we've written, John? I mean, uh, give or take. Let's see how many. That'd be eight. It'd be eight, eight more <laughs> than Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Including the latest <laughs> entitled How Are You Feeling Today, which is a book designed to help kids understand and communicate their feelings. Hosted the How to Live podcast in 2019. Transitioned into consulting, mentoring, and counseling full-time. And yeah. here you are. Well, thank here you. You are. Thank you. That's so, that's a good list. It is right. Yeah. You got to be pretty proud of that. How, how do you feel hearing that? You know, I I I, I fluctuate between shame, like, and <laughs> Let's start there, and, and the joy of getting to do it. Mm. It's, it's it's both. So, what's the shame piece? Well, you know, it's just that that the idea of being celebrated or laying claim to what I've done and I have done it. Um, you know, praise be to God, and 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 that's true too. But just to say, yes, I've got it. Yes, I'm doing it. What is that? And I'm, that's toxic shame. Like, what, what, where does that come just, from? Well, in all here, of here's the thing. You know, it's upbringing. 
it's always upbringing, mm. you know, in terms of, I did, a, I did a thing in Mississippi years ago, and we were about 50 physicians and a, a treatment thing. So all these 50 to 60 recovering physicians from, you know, these are uh, just uh, highly experienced guys, professionals. Some, some are just fresh out of treatment. Some have been in recovery for 20 years, and they're, they're, they're affecting the society. And at the end of it, we did a great job. I did a wonderful job, and we just had a great community building for two days. And then at the end of it, I said, hey, all you guys stand up. I, I want you to give yourself an absolute standing ovation, round of applause. And they're laughing and clapping for each other and patting each other on the backs. And then I said, my assistant here, who's been so, so great all weekend, absolutely give him a round of applause. And I said, now me, give me an incredible round of applause because I brought it. I brought it, gave it. I've loved doing it. I've loved being with y'all. So I told that story. <laughs> To a, a small group I did, a marriage conference thing I did with, with a small select group. And I told that same story. Afterwards, the guy told another guy, he said, what an arrogant SOB. Oh, my gosh. Can you believe that he actually, we paid him to come here and do this with us, and then he ended up bragging upon himself? So there's the story. Hmm. The idea that people approval versus celebrating who God has made. Hmm. If you're after the people approval, that means you you got to stay in line that they own you. Wow. You do what they say. You cooperate with their rules, their roles, their scripts, and then you'll belong and matter. But if you step out of line, now we know who to throw the rocks at. Now we know who to spotlight. Mm. Now we know who to scapegoat because people, many people are afraid of their own internal adventure. Wow. Their own internal anger, their own internal wishing. And most people know the lives they don't have better than they know the lives they're living. Wow. And I think Jeez. that's huge. God. I think that's like, you know what I'm saying? They spend their times in fantasy and not living in the lives they have. And Gosh. I want to live in the life I've got. So, 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 Jeez. which is like what you get you in trouble. Star yes. <laughs> no, this is what I want. Hey, this is why we have CD on. Okay? If this is where I apologize, start saying, man, no. I'm sorry. Was that too no. much? That's too no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so, so can you speak to what you just said? Because I think this is a, golly, my brain is already mm. like, um, can you speak to that? So when we think about, I mean, you know, the, the podcast called Dadville, um, when, when, when you reference that that starts at childhood, like this weird yeah, conundrum of like celebrating what we've worked so hard to do. Yep. So how do you do that as a parent with your kids? Like how, what's the healthy version of that? Well, one is a, a, every parent needs their own recovery. Mm. Their recovery of their own identities, recovery of their own hearts, recovery of their own story. Because most children end up with the experience of getting in line. Mm. And if there's stuff that the parents don't want to deal with, don't want to face, don't want to have to contend with where they came from, alcoholism, drug addiction, depression, divorce, and all these, this list of stories, solo parenting on. If that's not addressed and, and has some healing in it, then those children are going to carry mm-hmm. the, the, the wounds of the parents. Mm-hmm. And so really getting your own recovery as a parent's one essential. And then that's going to prevent you, the parent, from doing a whole lot of things that you don't want your children to have to go through. Mm. But even then, there's going to be the, a story of regret. Like, like in, in my, if I could do it again, see, I'm an old man. I'm the old man now. If I could do it again, and I've been willing to face, mm, I didn't get enough recovery. I didn't get enough perfection. There's a problem right there. Mm. I didn't do all that I wished I could have. Mm. So I end up with regret. Mm. And my biggest regret as a parent 
is that I didn't do enough uh, removal of toxic shame, enough recovery of heart to be able to bless as much as I wished I could have. Wow. But that is not the end of the story. Hmm. Because if the story continues, if we're willing to have regret, and regret gives us a thing called remorse. Remorse is a real pain about wishing things were different. So regret, my regret as a parent is this. I concentrated on trying to make sure, trying to make sure that my sons would not have to experience certain things. So therefore, I concentrated on coaching, tutoring, training, teaching, you know, the prayer groups, make sure you're in this and that and all this, you know, bless your sons and all this stuff. Mm. That was a set of new rules, new roles and new scripts. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, uh, it hit me later on. They're, they're grown. They're in their 20s. They're, they're, go- they're gone. Like, I would wake up in the morning going like, you know, I missed, I think I missed a big chunk of the most important role there was. And it was dad. Mm-hmm. I put, often I put coach, teacher, trainer, tutor in place of the only person they couldn't find anywhere else. Jesus. And sometimes I wasn't the place to come to where they could talk about the coaches, teachers, mm-hmm. trainers, wow. tutors wow. who were full of crap <laughs> or right. <laughs> who, who were shamers right. or yeah. should listers. Mm, yeah. And then, so, you know, I was pr- trying to protect my sons from those people because yeah. that's where so much of my yeah. own internalization of toxic shame. I'm not enough. I need to work harder. I should be more. I should be this. I should be smarter, tougher, more, you know, longer, whatever nicer better gooder all that stuff and so to protect my sons from their pain i ended up giving them the rules of how to deflect or ignore or endure what was going to be happening and i taught them how to stay in line Mm -hmm. so the very thing i didn't want off uh, in some ways i reinforced have you talked with them about their experience oh yeah was is it in line with how you kind of yep remember yep yep Yep, it sure is, and 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 yet they 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 they're very gracious. Yeah, extremely gracious. Yeah, because see, a, a child is in, in very rare cases, and I've been in the depths of working in the world of addiction and upbringing and family of origin. I mean, just the whole dynamic, psychodynamic development of a human being, and very 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 rare. I mean, like 0.01 percent of sons and daughters are even that children are incapable of not loving their parents. Mm. They, 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 it's genetic. It's yeah. wiring. The, the, yeah. the adopted children still want to know, wish, even if they were raised in perfect, beautiful little families, they still wonder, mm-hmm. what did I do to make you give me up? Mm. So every son, every daughter, I mean, I've got stories about sons waiting at their, their father's deathbed at, at mm-hmm. when they're 50 in their fifties, waiting to hear those magic words from the father. Mm-hmm. You know, I love you or I, I wish I'd done differently or whatever it is. And they don't hear it. Mm-hmm. And it leaves a, a hole in the bucket. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, so what's amazing is if the parent, the dad, the, the mom can come around to, I wish, then there's an automatic, bridge being built mm. that can be addressed i've seen even in the, the whole therapy world i've seen 40 years disappear in 45 minutes isn't that that is crazy. absolutely uh-huh yeah through truth telling because mm-hmm. the heart is awaiting connection i mean that's mm. how we're made and, and we're, we're a society that concentrates on the brain 
transaction, functioning, figuring, instead of dealing with feelings. Mm. I mean, that's, that's, our, that's our cult that move, moves us away from cultivating how we're actually made by God. Mm. So we have a cult that avoids the cultivation of transparency, vulnerability, authenticity, all the words mm-hmm. that we use now to keep us away from regret, mm. to keep us away from remorse, to keep us away from seeking forgiveness, mm. to keep us away from humility, loneliness, sadness, hurt, fear, all the enemies that actually make us whole. Mm. The great paradox. Okay, so, mm. so, geez. <laughs> So I was going to say actually the whole same thing you just said. Um, This is where the, like, there you go, Chiffy. There you go. Um, So what did he say? John goes, what, what, what did he say? What was was that about Dave? Yeah. So, so here's the thing I'm wondering, and this is something, you know, so much of the work that you've done. And I feel like if I said your name to people, one of the ways that you are so respected and well-known in the, therapeutic community is the emotions like the yes you know the, the work you've done around naming those and mm-hmm. it's amazing like i go into different counselors offices or you know you yeah. go to daystar and one of the first they're on the wall see is they're on the wall i love that it, which has got to be i mean that's that's got to be affirming to know that it this, is you know this works but can you sort of walk us through that like to, to people listening and john and i both like what are they and sort of how did you get to naming them and that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, the, the the cool thing is over, you know, this, the results of those feelings being on the wall, are, it's about 35 years of beating a little tin drum. Isn't that amazing? Wow. It's just like that that little monkey has the battery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I couldn't stop. It was so, so life-changing for me when I was introduced to these eight feelings back in eighty. 85, 86, mm. and they were being used at a treatment center, uh, Cottonwood at the time, back in the late 70s. Wow. So this person said, these are feelings. I'm like, they are? And, and, and so I didn't know the difference between a feeling and a flower or asphalt road. It just, <laughs> uh, mind, body, and spirit. You yeah, know, yeah. You be strong in mind, body, and spirit. And that's the, the secular way and the Christian way, mm. you know? And like, oh, and I'm from an alcoholic family, addiction family, and uh, got in, interested and in, introduced to adult children of alcoholics and the whole recovery movement. And it was recovery of my heart. Mm. It was recovery of the denied territory. And that's when I began to learn that, oh, the longest journey we ever take and the one we spend our lives avoiding is 18 inches mm. from our heads to our hearts mm. to reintegrate. What turns out over the past uh, really 20 years, neuroscience has begun to catch up with the ancient truths. And the ancient truths are that we really are, and this is where it flips people's switches, like what, or either turns them on or turns them off, mm. is that we are actually emotional creatures by birth who develop the ability to think. We're not thinking creatures who have to try to get rid of our feelings. Wow. Mm-hmm. We're made as feeling creatures. So we're made, and feelings allow us to experience life. They allow us to express our, our, our internal world to the outside hunger for connection. So, and we are connection-seeking creatures. Even the brain, which is just an, just an organ, the brain actually finds food or, or homeostasis or a sense of stabilization through connection called safety and security, belonging and mattering. 
I mean, we're relationship eating creatures. <laughs> we're, we 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 literally are made to eat each other, consume, consume yeah. love, hmm. care, belonging, mattering from each other. And the eyes tell the stories that awaken us to believing that maybe it's safe and maybe you'll care. Hmm. And when we have that, we have the freedom to have full expression. Hmm. Because I'm not in the stress of watching you to see what kind of survival threat you are. Mm. You're a thriving offer, not mm. a not a survival threat. Mm. And all of a sudden, like, now you can see what can the blessing for children. Mm. If they know that they are safe, secure, belong, matter, then they're gonna be open to experiencing life and life to the full with you, mm. which means they're gonna experience all this stuff around them and gain more from it and be more stable because of it. So so feelings. <laughs> that was great. I mean, <laughs> Everybody Feeling, listening is like, yeah, yeah feelings yeah. are energy in motion, energy in motion. If they're suppressed, you lose your energy, you lose your motion. Jeez. And we've been given eight feelings of like three primary colors. We've got eight feelings that allow us to live fully in a tragic place. Mm. Living fully means mm. being connected to myself. I know me, head and heart connected, being able to connect with you if you're available mm. or also have boundaries with you if you're not. And then also be able to connect with God. And we don't talk about this very much. But we talk about God as omnipotent, mm. omniscient, omnipresent. You get that in theology school. You get that in the church. But who talks about the omnirelational God? Mm. Because the God in the Garden of Eden was omnirelational. Mm. The God in the Garden of Eden came and said, where are you? Asking for creation's voice. And the man said, I was afraid. Creation's voice, feelings. I was afraid, so I hid. And that's been the problem ever since. Mm. I'm afraid I hide. Instead of I'm afraid I cry. Mm. So we've been given eight feelings that allow us to live fully and be fully connected in a world that's tragic, where we desperately need each other. The tragedy is that we hide our feelings to survive instead of using our feelings to thrive. Mm -hmm. And so the world takes over for creation and creator. So the world becomes more powerful than the creator mm -hmm. because we don't know how to say, I feel fear. Mm. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel lonely. I feel angry. I feel shame. I feel guilt. I feel glad, which are the eight feelings. And they're the primary colors that allow us to bring our energy to life and turn it into creation. John, 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 so sorry to interrupt. I want to talk to the Dadville fans real quick, okay? That's fine. Dave, I wasn't talking. Hey there, Dadville fans. Are you ready to turn your dad space into the ultimate dad haven? <laughs> Look no further than Home, home Threads. threads. Wait, John, I have to do sorry. I want to do the intro. Where style meets dad approved Prove comfort. comfort. So don't do that. Sorry, I'm just same page. It's okay. like we're, okay. okay. Listen, at HomeThreads.com, you can explore furniture designed for the modern dad. From recliners that embrace you like a bear hug. Please don't do that. To sturdy, kid-friendly tables for those epic dad projects. Dave, I'm it's telling you. Whisper track. I'm, just, I'm getting mad. We've got the pieces to make your dad plans a smashing success. That's right. Hey, John. Yeah. I love my new Sloan Alabaster table lamp. I just got from HomeThreads.com. It's designed to highlight the elegance and allure of art deco glamour. 
adorned by brass gold details and topped with an off-white cotton chain. I know. I imagine, you know, how good it's going to look once you stop hugging it and actually or plug once it you in. Or stop trying to steal it. Okay, I'm just saying. I love it too. Jeez. Okay, and it reminds me that when I think Art Deco, I, know. Think I think Dave two Barnes. words: Dave yeah. Barnes. I know. Yeah, and maybe that the Great Gatsby. Yeah, but, but mostly Dave, Dave Barnes. Barnes. Yeah. And John, my Art Deco table lamp is only the beginning. Okay. Home Threads has every piece of furniture you could possibly imagine. I just don't like that you're licking it. Well, it but you do you really good. And also, you're right, Dave. They have bedding, side tables, rugs, chairs. Kitchen and dining, and so much more. It's it's really amazing. I know. And HomeThreads.com always has great deals with discounts on pricing and shipping. Dave, if I can interrupt you okay, for a second, please, please. go to HomeThreads.com/dadville. I'm doing this line today, and get a code for fifteen percent off your order. order. Dave, this is my line. You got it, John. HomeThreads.com/dadville to get a code, code. for fifteen percent off your order. Because being a dad, <laughs> it's an adventure. adventure. And your home should be the perfect base camp. Home threads. Love where you live. Dave, I need to talk to you. John. Dave. John. John. Dave. Dan. Dave. Dave. <laughs> I was really enjoying that. I was like, I was like the drum solo in Inagata DeVita. Listen, let's okay. do some word association, okay? Okay. I love this game. Okay, just say the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Go ahead. Latte. Art. Coffee. Methodical. Okay, last I didn't one. even have to think about I know, it. I know. Whole beans. Uh, Dadville Signature Blend from Methodical Coffee. Oh Did God, I get three it? Three for three. Yes. Batting for the cycle, Johnny. Nailed it. I knew. I knew. I could use the force to get you to say what I needed you to say right there. Okay, wait. I, I blacked out for a second. What Nothing, happened? No, just keep going. You're great. You're going to You were about to tell everybody, I think, that Methodical Coffee offers a wide, I'm guessing, a wide variety of profiles that range from classics that are bold and chocolate. Uh-huh. Am I chocolate. right? Am I yep. right so far? Okay. Yep. Contemporary that are medium, medium body and fruity. fruity. Yeah. Yep. And all the way to the avant-garde that... Push the conventions, uh-huh. Dave. Plus, the Dadville blend is 100% guaranteed to make you a better parent. D- didn't... I, I, Legal had said we can't, we literally couldn't say exactly. You're right. Okay. But I said it. Okay. We'll deal with it later. Methodical roasts their coffee to best express the life it lived, the place, the weather, the soil, and to honor the skilled people who cultivated it. Guaranteed. I said what I said. You did. That's cool. Okay. Yeah. Head over to methodicalcoffee.com for more info and use the discount code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order. Listen, Dave, I'm on my third cup right now, so parenting is so <laughs> easy, got, right? <laughs> So let me say it again. Yeah. Use the code DADVILLE for 10% off your first order at methodicalcoffee.com. Well, you know, you know, one of the things that when I was sort of learning about them the first time, that was so, you know, like sitting with Steven and, you know, he's got them on the table. Mm-hmm. But it's like, and he, they're just staring and judging me the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, threatening you. Yeah, threatening <laughs> you. <laughs> Kill if I step out of my roles and oh, rule. Right. <laughs> but one of the things that he did that was such a, such a hard discipline. And still is, uh, honestly, is, you you know, Annie and I'd be sitting there talking through something. And he'd be like, all right, so how'd you feel? And I'm like, well, you know, frustrated. He's like, yeah. look at the list. I'm yeah. like, I don't like the list. I was frustrated. Yeah. He's like, no, yeah. we have to. And, and, and what those emotions do, and, and to everybody listening, what I think is so, one of the ways that they're so freeing is you actually can't use these words we get so used to to describe things yeah. that actually aren't. Like, I remember frustrated. Yes. Like, that's something Annie and I still say a lot. And he would just, guys you're not what are you though what is like even with anger like he helped us understand like anger is but really something is under Mm -hmm. a trigger in anger Mm -hmm. and you start having to do this work on yourself to integrate where you're like i thought i was mad but i was actually just really sad yes 
You know, and you start to have to go, like, to hear myself say I'm sad, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, am I sad? Why mm-hmm. am I sad? Like, because mm-hmm. you're used to being angry. Yeah. You're used to being frustrated, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But then to have to go, God, I feel shame. Mm-hmm. You suddenly, and I think what helped us so much is when you hear your partner, your spouse say that. Huge. The empathy just shoots out of your chest mm-hmm. as opposed to defensiveness where it's, I'm mad or I'm, it's, I guess I'm kind of lonely. And you're like, yeah. well, hold on. I don't want you to be lonely. <laughs> you know, it's like suddenly you're moving toward. Isn't that amazing? To, it's and incredible. It, and it's, it's, it is truly nature and nature's God mm-hmm. drawing us towards each other when we remove the masks, mm-hmm. the walls yeah. that we build to protect ourselves from the world's damage. Yeah. I mean, it's like it was a natural flow. And what's amazing is like, you know, you don't go to Taco Bell and order a Big Mac, right? <laughs> so, so really. This has been a long week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, I know you got them in there. <laughs> but the, unless we, you know, and you don't, you know, use, use a wrench to saw a board. So mm. these feeling words are actually the words. And they're that important. They're actually the core expressions of how we're actually created. So it's hard to get the results you're looking for if you don't use the tools. That's right. Right. Well, and, and two, what, what you see with those that is so profound is, again, this idea that you're, I think it was, it's so illuminating to me when I have the discipline to pull those in with their kids. I mean, that's a whole other mm. conversation, but like sitting, you know, and, and having them look at them and go, you know, they're in a fit or something. You go, now it's best you can like, tell me which uh, of these are you are feeling yeah. mm-hmm. like, where are you? And I think even as a 44 year old man, it's still illuminating to me that when I'm feeling a bunch of things and I can't, or I'm used to calling it something that sort of makes me feel better or more masculine or safer that I look at these words that are immediately make me vulnerable, but are freeing because yes. I'm like, Oh, that is what I'm feeling. And if I know that's what I'm feeling, then I kind of know maybe how I got there and what I need. Yes. And then the conversations change so much because it's no longer defensive or like scared. It's going, you know, I'm, I'm just really sad. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, that's a whole, then we, that's a whole different thing to yes. talk about, yes. you know, and how we deal with those. But and then you think about kids, the same thing, you know, yeah. sitting with your kids and kind of going, you're, you know, you're this little. And you can see how, if I know my own heart mm-hmm. and have the courage to deal with it, then I'm going to be available like the good Samaritan to my own children yeah. versus the rich young ruler. I mean, the good Samaritan was really like a great dad and a great husband and a great friend and a great stranger. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause he got it. He, he literally like, he came to where the man was and then it says he saw him, which means he felt him. And then it said he had compassion towards him cause he could relate to him. And so parents with children, Children are wondering, can you relate? Can you, you get what it's like to be me? Mm. And if you relate, then we can be in relationship. Mm. If you can't relate, don't worry about it. Don't feel that. That can't hurt you. There's no reason that should bother you, should, should. Don't let it affect you. The, the rules, then all of a sudden the rules take the place of relate. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the good Samaritan becomes the rich young ruler. Mm. I've just got to follow and do what my dad said, do what my mom right. says and not engage and, and no longer be engaged in heart. Mm. I can't ask you questions. I can't be vulnerable. I've got to keep my tears to myself. I've got to go away with my pain. Mm. And all of a sudden we end up introducing our children's hearts to a world that's waiting to seduce them away from how they're made. 
Jeez, Louise. I know it's scary. So you know, one of the things. Sorry about that. No, I have. Listen, <laughs> oh, it's so you need to buckle up because I have a lot of questions. Uh, John is going to try uh, to get some questions in here, but may, uh, may not happen. So one of the things that I, I wanted to that point about integration. What is this thing that that I think um, that I know I struggle with, and I think a lot of people do in this season of life in my, in my forties? But as I was thinking about having you on, I wanted to ask you this. I, you know, I've never been myself longer than I've been right now. And yet in this season of life, I, there are times where I feel the least like myself that I ever have this disintegration that happens, you mm-hmm. know, and, and kids and work and the things that just sort of, what is, is, I mean, is that is, what is, what is that? I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of things, but like, as you've seen in your practices, you know, again, you would think at 40, I'm like, man, I got, I've, I've been me. The longest I've ever been me. I know how I work. And yet, you know, Andy and I were sitting the other morning and just talking about how I think I'm in one of the biggest moments for reorganizing my brain that I maybe ever have in my life. Good. And you would think you, you should have been there. You would have been helpful. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what is that? Like, I, 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 I just love what you're saying because a lot of your audience is probably somewhere between, you know, what, 19 and 44 or yeah, something like yeah. that. So what's astounding is even in the treatment world, you know, I did a treatment center for 20 something years and most of the people, if you had to do that, you know, that bell curve, most of the people who came to treatment were somewhere around 37 to 45. Mm -hmm. Okay. And Carl Jung and some other developmental, Carl Jung was a psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. It was kind of a mystical psychiatrist and some other developmental people that Jung talked about how that when you hit your forties, it's an opportunity, in some ways, one of the last opportunities to declare the full pursuit of your true self. Wow. Or maintaining your persona face, ego. Wow. Which is non developmental. In other words, you keep repeating, trying to hang on to your 20s or hang on to your 30s to try to prove yourself to the other versus becoming yourself. Jeez. So this period of time is a great time for re-examination and 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 often in the 40s you have achieved and at the same time you still have the chaos of wanting more mm-hmm. you're in chaos which is great because you're asking harder questions uh. you've already had a chunk of your life go you're looking at finitude you're asking yourself what do i want to accomplish what does it all mean i mean you're asking the real questions about which you almost can't stop having feelings about Mm-hmm. So if you can't deal with feelings, honestly, you can't deal with life. And at the moment when it's time for, for full integrity, mm. which is integration, is, mm. is having integrity with self. You're integrated, which means everywhere you go, there you are, and you know that. You don't wear hats. You are yourself everywhere. Mm. But sometimes you're more dad, and sometimes you're more entertainer. Sometimes you're more musician. Sometimes you're more podcaster. Sometimes you're more concentrated. Sometimes you're more wanting to be with Annie. Sometimes you're wanting to be with your friends. But you're able to pick and choose because you know yourself, know what you need, know what you feel, know what you desire, know what you long for, know what you're hoping. In other words, you're, 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 your face is set like flint. You're headed to where you're made to go. And knowing that, that like this is my orientation. So this chaos kind of brings you to looking for the North Star, mm. orient, orientation, mm. oriented towards where you're headed. And if you have the good fortune of plumbing into some of the depths of how you're made, mm. uh, you will uh, be disrupted 
uh, from the standpoint of like how powerless we are over life, how much we're in need of God and others. And it's going to reduce us to vulnerability, which feeds us to thrive. It's a paradox. Hmm. My, my weakness is my mm-hmm. strength. Mm-hmm. My neediness is the doorway into the treasure trove of God's bounty. Okay, okay. This is you bump set, and now I'm about to spike a question. Okay. Up. This is one of the things, and, and you, you just set that up so well. Like, I think, you know, uh, Andy and I were talking about this the other morning. I don't, when I started my relationship with Andy, we've been married for almost 17, 18 years, I was maybe dysfunctionally non-codependent. Like, I was so my own island. <laughs> Andy and I laugh, like, 17 years in, we were thankfully able to laugh about this yesterday because I'm doing a lot of work on this, but I don't think I've ever been more to co- more codependent. And we were talking through, and it's work I'm doing around it, but I was, I, I'm like, I don't feel like this with really anybody else other than her. Uh-huh. But something that I've noticed that you're speaking to that is work I'm kind of trying to detangle from is how did I get here? Like what happened between year one of us to year 17? And as you're talking, some of what I'm learning too, just, just on my own is what you said, this weird cataclysmic event of old Dave sort of like tropes slamming things, into slamming into <laughs> new, like new Dave, new Dave, the rest of, of Dave. The, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and really having to do this weird work around like some of the ring, 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 that sort of got me through the twenties and early thirties. And then you throw kids in and work and how work mm-hmm. suddenly feels futile and rewarding, but hard and wonderful, but hard. And, it's just not working and, like and, it and used takes to. you away from things. Yeah. Well, and two, just the toil of kind of just life mm-hmm. suddenly sets in. Mm-hmm. Where 20s, you know, and this is just my experience, it just felt like, man, if I breathed on something, it sort of came to life and it was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. and everything's working, you know? And then you sort of like, you're like, man, my miles per hour, you're slowing down in my late third. And then it's like, you know, I think it's just caused this weird thing with she and I where I've, I'm like, she's become the way I just sort of go you got to make all this make sense. And yeah. I think to your point, and, and that we just had this great conversation about this the other morning. I'm just like, this is, I'm living in the explosion of these two things, of these yeah. two things that have sort of come to, and it's weird. You know, Stephen has said this for years. I mean, he said this on our, I think on our, no, he, he said this to Andy and I, but he's like, you know, he and his wife have been married whatever, 20 something years. And he's like, this is probably our 10th marriage to each other, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's that thing of yourself too, where you're always becoming, you're always becoming, but you're in this relationship with someone who's also becoming. And there are these times where you look at each other and you kind of go like, I mean, I know you, but also like, who are you? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? And yeah. so to your point, I love what you said. Like there is this, I feel that Jungian idea of like, man, nobody warned me. And I mean, there's great books about it I've found, sure. but like, hey, you know, you're going to kind of get to this place mm-hmm. where it's like, you can feel who you were and you can feel who you're becoming and they're really at odds mm-hmm. in some ways. And so how you're showing up may be wildly different every day. Because yes. Depending on- and I think in some ways the, the great news is, as you described yourself, that you've become what you called more codependent on Annie. Mm. And to me, that's such a, a affirmation. Mm. I mean, it's sick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> However, it's good sick. I mean, because it, it, it trumps the narcissism. It trumps the, the it's about yeah. me. It trumps yeah, right, my success, right, right. and I'm going to make us whole, and I'm going to fix right. things, and I'm going to be. Right. And, and then when we're doing it and, it and it's working, it's like, okay, where's my credit? But uh, codependency is like you're talking about actually loving her. Mm. Like her, like, and she's one of the most powerful people in your life because oh, yeah. she can bring you to codependency. Right. <laughs> like, you know, her face means, uh oh. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What she didn't say means I better mind read. Right, right. Like, uh, if I don't say this, then her face is going to do that and mm. she's not going to be pleased and I, I'm not going to get to be comfortable with her or. You know, and, and what it means is, even as twisted as it sounds, it means that you love her and you're in love with her, mm. that she has such a, t- a tremendous impact upon your heart mm. that the roots down underneath the ground are kind of touched each other mm-hmm. and y'all's mm-hmm. limbs kind of intermingle. You're not in the same hole. Right. But like you need her, she needs you. If something happens to her, then everything's happened to you. Yeah. Yeah. And in the past, it's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I love her. It's, yeah, it's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a big full life out in front of us now. It's like everything's connected. Well, that's, you know, John, John and I were talking about this the other day. Just like I was talking to him about this new journey. I'm going to really try to detangle the unhealthy parts and keep the healthy parts connected. Mm-hmm. But it's such a, you know, I think one of the things I'm having to undo in some ways, um, it's turning into a confessional, um, just send me a bill. <laughs> um, I should have told you we're not recording. This is really good for me. <laughs> No, but, but I love the mic. I love the mics and the headphones. Like I feel like a pilot, you know. Yeah, so well, I'm good with this. helicopter pilot. You're getting to live one of your dreams. Um, but you know, one of the things that I think in, in my upbringing that really wasn't leaned on enough. I was telling John the other day about this. Is like this idea that like, and this is something Stephen really helped us. You know, James helped us me unfold my brain. Is I just sort of growing up in the Christian church, which I was really blessed by. I'm one yeah. of the few people that kind of came out with a pretty good experience from it, thankfully. Well, I thank God for church. Oh, I know, right? Oh, my gosh. Even even, even crummy church, yeah. thank God there's church. Yeah, amen. There is a um, place. Well, you know, one of the things that was hard for me was, I think, even at the subconscious level, I sort of understood marriage as like, you know, you're one. And so as a man especially, like, you've got to really, God's going to come to you and really, Dave, how did you manage this? Yeah. And you're the, and, 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 and just really undoing that, Sure, we are one. And to some degree, there is some truth to that. Like, I want to lead well. I don't want to serve and humbly lead her in the ways that I think God wants me to do. But, 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 we are two people. Yes. Like, wildly different people yes. that choose every day to yes. be married and to, to live together and to be together. And, and and I think that's still a revolutionary thought to me. And so it's so to your point, when I show up as me, healthy, and Annie shows up as her healthy, there's still friction. Mm-hmm. Even in health. Yes. Because I can want something very different than she wants. Yes. And so I think, you know, I think that's one of the things that's so hard to navigate for me is undoing this idea of like the leader and I, and how do I help her? And she's got things. Yeah. Even the to. voice changes. Yeah. You know, know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like Conan. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, really undoing that thing to where, and I think that's where a lot of my codependence gets flared is like, you know, she, she needs a, and I know the thing, or mm-hmm. I'm just way too affected by how she feels because then I'm not being a good husband. Yeah. I'm not where, as you said, again, the more I'm becoming myself and really able to be who I am mm-hmm. all the time, even in those moments yeah. where I can come in and go, Hey, and she's, and I go, well, this is where I am. And this is kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm considerate of you, but I'm also considerate of me. And yeah. it's that stuff. How is to come so- to these decisions when, when, when there's a, you know, a talk, you have to develop that tolerance for differences. There you go. But you know, 
one there 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 are four four things we it were really two topics but four things in the first topic is we're raised as men and or humans women that that love means and this is the sick the codependency development love means i'm responsible for your feelings yeah that means if you got a feeling i got to fix it mm and if I can't fix it, then I failed. Jeez, so that's where toxic shame comes from. Why you look at me from. so much? Yeah. <laughs> He's there too. Yeah, there so. you go. And then I, I'm almost there now. Yeah. You know what's funny? I'll come back to it later. But it was funny that I was thinking about um, a lot of guys out there are going to say, you know, dude, you got all codependent. You were hard driving, charging. It's like, maybe you just need to get your testosterone tracked, checked, you know. <laughs> like, but that I want you to know to your audience, that's not it. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, not it. Yeah, check. Yeah. It's a heart check. Yeah. Not, yeah. not a testosterone. But if I'm responsible for your moods and your thoughts, mm. which means I've got to make you think, which is a, a, a power no human has over another. You, you don't make people think mm. unless you're a seducer or a magician or some kind of twisted dude. You, 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 you try to control thoughts. Mm. And then I've got to make you I, I'm responsible for your actions. I actually make you sick. I make you depressed or I make you hit me. I mean, wow. that we're like puppeteers and children are learning this as the three rules of love. If I'm loving and I will be loved if I do these things. Mm. So the category, the foundational category is way off. And then the fourth thing is I've got to be a mind reader. Mm. I've got to guess, anticipate, figure out, look for, uh, 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 think for, uh, so that I can make sure you're okay. Then once you're okay, I can get my needs met. Yeah. So you're meriting love all the time. There's no room for grace, no room for mercy, no room for a tolerance of differences. Mm. Right. So topic two is that there's that good Samaritan again. Not only is he a dad, but he's a husband. He's a spouse. He's a, a, a wife. He's a friend. He's a neighbor. Because like when, when you and Annie, this oneness, the oneness is in Christ. We're talking about Christians mm -hmm. or non-Christians, but the oneness is in Christ. There is no Jew nor Greek, no mm -hmm. male nor female, no slave nor free. I mean, it's like the, the, the differences are gone and the oneness is present. Mm -hmm. But the oneness is the good Samaritan recognized himself in the ditch mm -hmm. and he became one with that other person. Meaning he, he came to where the man was, and then he saw him. Then you described like when you and Annie were talking, and she mm. says, I'm sad. And I was saying, like, oh, man, I, I want to comfort you. Mm. All of a sudden you had a yielding, a willingness to be vulnerable because you identified, God, I know what sadness is like. Mm. And I see it in somebody I love. I can't stop it, but I can be with you in it. Mm. See, if you're not responsible for it, mm. but you can be responsible towards it. Wow. Geez. And that's where, that's where we go from sick to health. Responsible for it? No. Responsible towards it? Yes. Jeez. And so that good Samaritan got in the ditch and he bandaged him. Mm. He bandaged him mm. because he could relate to him. Yeah. Because a Samaritan was somebody who knew pain. Yeah. And he was a good Samaritan, which somebody had helped him. Yeah. And he had thrived. Yeah. And then he took care of business. He, he, he found in anyone who was willing a neighbor. Yeah. And so this oneness is not just in our marriages, but it can be with our children and be with our friends and be with our offerings to a world in need. To so an addendum 
John, I love you. I swear. I swear. <laughs> I just, this is like addendum that I was going to ask. About. I have 15 <laughs> questions today that are just sitting patiently right there. I know. Okay. Last one. Then it's John time. So what John are, goes, I'm done. What I'm are, done. Yeah. He just leaves. I'm just hurt, man. Go, I'm not going to tell you He's I'm hurt, but I'm done. I feel sad. And lonely. So, so what, uh, one of the things I want to speak of that I love that you, you, you have thoughts around and you speak to that, that is to me such an addendum to what you're saying is this idea of neediness. Yes. How hard it is with us to square up with the uh, fact that we are intrinsically mm, needy people. Mm-hmm. Like we are needy humans. That thing is really hard for me to reconcile. Yeah. When you think about codependency, when you think about marriage, when you think about um, vulnerability with you, especially with your spouse, I mean, this goes to friendships and everything, but trying to reconcile in us what needy look neediness looks like but in a way that isn't demanding or isn't shaming of self or isn't um that is hard like like thinking of the word neediness is hard enough but then especially in a way that's healthy i don't even how do you do that yeah that's that's that, that, first of all it's it, it's it's like if if i'm hurt knowing other people who know what who know what hurt is mm. all of a sudden i've got a connection or a path mm. like i feel hurt i've got a wound man it's bleeding i don't i don't have stitches i don't have i don't know how to use the the needle and thread mm. oh but i know someone who does so i go to a person who knows what hurt is who can live hurt own hurt a good samaritan and knows how to heal hurt so i go to them with my neediness mm. And so, so that I can get help and become wisened by the experience, knowledgeable related to the consequences, and more able to step back into the fray mm. or whatever my heart's compelled to go do. Do you know, like uh, uh, Sonia says something to me, it's like, good gosh, that was rough. Like, phew. Now, me addressing it with her at that moment may not be the best option because you know I'm looking for an axe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where's the where's the plates to break? I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, like God, oh, you want to play ball? Yeah, <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> like, you know, like it just it the gloves come on. The gloves come on. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. they come off. So I need at that time. Men really do understand men, hmm. and men who are really like have heart can understand each other's experiences so many and and men who are married and walking through being married and the chaos and the struggle and the history and the torture and the love and the greatness of it and the belief from now on it's going to be magic and perfection and just life go to another man go dude she sits like whoa the guy goes whoa did you use an axe? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah. like no but I wanted to yeah. in other words to share the struggle and pain with the person who relates to it, all of a sudden everything simmers down. Wow. It's like, man, you just, you got hurt. Mm. And what'd you do with it? And where are you going to go with it? And I wonder what's going on with her and go find out. Mm. In other words, that hurt, healing, courage, hurt, healing, courage, and voice of the heart is the book you're referring mm. to. I mean, all these feelings through our yielding them, through neediness, because feelings take us to needs, mm. then our needing takes us to solutions, which makes us strong. Like hurt brings us to healing and courage. So this, after talking to this guy, I go, hey, Sonia, what's going on? Mm. And she said, well, you know what? You haven't been home. You haven't been around. You've been working so much. 
I'm lonely. Mm. And then if I say I'm lonely, my fear is that you're just going to tell me, you're going to give me 50 excuses instead of just hearing me say, mm. I miss you. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when, when she would say she misses me, I would hear criticism and insult. Mm. And then I was doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Instead of she misses me, she yields me, she lets me go, but it doesn't mean she doesn't miss me. And in, in, in the responsibility for her feelings, her loneliness was my fault. Mm. Instead of her loneliness was an expression of how much she cares about me. Jeez, Isn't that something? It was an invitation. Her neediness was an invitation. Mm. My neediness is an opportunity to be joined. But if you're going to be needy, you have to be able to tolerate something. It's called pain. Because mm. w- when we're needy, it, it, like even when you pray, it means you're willing to wait. Jeez. I mean, prayer means I'm in need of something. I want something. I wish something. Uh, hello? Mm. Hello? <laughs> hello? Mm. So craving for life, needy, because we're, we're connection-seeking creatures, so we need each other. And God means tolerance for waiting, tolerance for hearing the word uh, not yet, tolerance for maybe later, tolerance for uh, wait, tolerance for no, and also tolerance for yes. Mm. Will you trust love when it comes? Do you know? So, so developing a tolerance for uh, uh, the process of life happening, that things will come in their due time. Well, then that makes us, if things will come in their due time, then we can start trusting the outside world. Mm. And that's where we get gratitude. Mm. And we start to have faith in neediness. Like my neediness brings me favor. Mm. My neediness brings a solution. I mean, the, honestly, as crazy as it sounds, the Continental Congress, the United States of America, when it, the country was being established, the whole thing occurred because of neediness. They said the only way we can succeed is if we contend with each other, mm-hmm. if we need each other. Turns out that Thomas Jefferson, if some of your audience remembers him, mm-hmm. and John Adams, they didn't like each other's philosophies. In fact, they were diametrically opposed philosophically, but they trusted each other internally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And even when they, they both died on the same day, mm-hmm. and each one is reported recorded to have said at least john adams is still alive wow and jefferson's and and adam said at least jefferson still lives in other words we're still safe we're still secure we're still on direction if that man's alive wow so they had contended they had needed each other even though they disagreed with each other welcome to marriage yeah do you know so so our ability to to tolerate the differences while we're still on course as human beings who can relate. Yeah. You know, so, so because we're in relationship through empathy and compassion, then we can go, okay, I can see how you'd feel that way. Mm-hmm. And I can come to where you are mm. and still disagree with you. Yeah. And it's like, but see what happens is in, in, in mesh in, in enmeshment, we all have to feel the same way or we're not safe. Mm-hmm. So that's where so many kids, like if I don't get happy, my mommy's going to be sad. Mm. So I'm going to fake happy. So my mom will be happy. And enmeshment means I'm okay. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's Man. not good. Yeah. We have to break from that and then come back. Mm. John. Yeah, why'd you hesitate? John, no, I'm right here. John. No, I see you. Oh, I'm sorry. 
Just because I'm not looking at you doesn't mean I don't see you. Oh, that's true. And that means emotionally, too. Let right. me ask you something. Do you have any okay. questionable eating habits or questionable? Either one of those. You can Questionable answer. or questionable? Questionable or questionable. Okay. Yeah. I have a few. Okay. I would say. Let's How about it. you? Well, after the kids go to bed, I get the late night munchies, right? Sure. And I always want to go for a bowl of that chocolate-flavored cereal that turns the milk into, into chocolate, chocolate milk. milk. Yep. And it's like the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. But man, are those things loaded with sugar and carbs. Yeah. I need yep. to be smarter, John. Maybe yep. you find a cereal with high-quality ingredients is more balanced. Let me cut you off right there. One, because you're done with your sentence. And two, because I need to tell you about Thrive Market. I just downed a bowl of cereal of Catalina Crunch dark chocolate oh, cereal. Goodness. Let me say it again. Okay. You know what? No, I won't. I'm no. going to keep going. Okay. It's the perfect swap for your Dracula or like bird-themed sugary chocolate yeah, yeah. cereal. We that all you know eat. those. We know those. Yeah. Thrive Market is full of great products like that. And it's also, it lets you filter results based no, on your no. lifestyle what? needs, Dave. What? Yeah. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, you know, low sugar foods or gluten-free essentials, Thrive Market makes it happen. Okay, John, look, that sounds awesome. Yep. It sounds a little expensive. Dave, it sounds expensive. Okay. But as a Thrive Market member, what? I save money no. on every single grocery order. An average of 30% Jeez, each time, Dave. I'll say that again. Okay. You know what? No, I'm going to keep going. Okay, They gosh. also have a deals page that changes daily. In oh. fact, today... I saved over 40%. Don't say save That's almost catch 45%. Wild pink Don't on say save catch wild save pink, catch wild you pink salmon. That. You know what? I'll say it again. No, I'm not going to say it again. And Sprague, am I pronouncing that correctly? I don't even know. I'm just so excited, John. Organic lentils and vegetable soup. Oh. I saved 40%, Dave. It could be Sprague or Spragua. And that's for the people who know, okay? <laughs> it says here that when I joined Thrive Market, yep. I'm also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. That's I right. join, they give, John. You join, they give. You know what? Join in on the savings at Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free, you're not going to believe this, no. but I'm going to say it, what? free $60 gift. No, Go to thrivemarket.com slash dadville for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. I'm going to tell me again, John. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dadville. Thrive market.com slash dadville no don't give it away yet oh okay john uh john okay. dave okay um i think i've told you this but uh, probably touche <laughs> touche you know i've listened to nothing but the beatles for the last few months just getting uh-huh. prepped for this new album you know that, really? Yeah. Yeah, 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 I did know yeah, that. Yeah. It's a cool project. I've, yeah. I've listened to it. Thanks. Uh, what's Thanks. your favorite Beatles song? Listen, you know better than to ask me impossible questions, but right now, today, it's uh, Lucy, Lucy in the Sky with them. That's such a good one. I'm more of a Hey Jude guy myself. No no problem. So, when this album is finally released and Barnes World Domination is imminent, you should look into using Shopify to get your online orders Okay, touche, my good man. Great idea. The best part about using Shopify is hearing this sound whenever you make a sale. Yeah. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. 
That sound reminds me of when a chorus transposes up half a step on the outro, mm-hmm. right? You are so right. Thank you for yeah. that. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, guess what? Startups, yep. And established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Go to shopify.com slash dadville, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial. That's two weeks, people. Yeah, yeah. And get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash dadville right now. That's shopify.com slash dadville. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. I feel like so much of, of what you've said so far is is really dependent and i don't know if this is the best word to use but dependent on security mm-hmm. you know like the, this sort of when you and sonia are or she says something in that moment you're recognizing like i'm insecure in this moment like For if sure. we if we go at it now yeah it's coming out of i'm going to be operating out of insecurity because that's uh-huh. some kind of and insecurity requires need for control right yeah grabbing at it so I guess overall, I'm curious how you um, fail. Do you have? <laughs> do you have any practices that you that you have found to be helpful in your life to sort of maintain some sort of baseline level of self awareness and ultimately sort of security? Yes, that that's a great question. And see, I've been in recovery for since 1988. It's called recovery of heart. And that and 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 freedom, uh, 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 liberation really does require discipline to keep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so morning rituals, relational rituals allow us to live in uh, freedom of life. Mm-hmm. So you know, upon awakening, uh, daily life is uh, I I turn myself over to the process, I, and God owns it, mm-hmm. and so I spend time with me to prepare to be to address a world that I don't control. So so mm-hmm. you need a spiritual discipline of security. Yeah. Because if you wake up in the morning and you look at life and you think you've got control of it, you are a fool already. Mm-hmm. I mean get ready to step on a mine. But if you're prepared knowing that there are minefields and there are also help, there's also help in the process of knowing how to walk the path of life, then you're stepping into life secure with your feelings through neediness so awakening i'm afraid uh, i'm afraid because i don't have control of life i'm going to go to the process of getting close to the one who has control of life so i don't see how a person lives well or lives i don't see how they a person lives well without god mm-hmm. that without that connection that person has to be in denial mm-hmm. i mean because you got to handle it yourself you got to have some power greater than yourself even if it's mm-hmm. just the universe is good or something. So that one, and then also I think men really need men of heart. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you and John, I mean, you and, and, and Dave, y'all can share with each other. Y'all are, y'all are bonded. You can share with each other. You struggle together. You literally ride across the street from each other. So y'all contend with each other. You got your kids involved. You got your marriages. Mm-hmm. And y'all, y'all have conversations related to things that are in some ways private from your wives. Mm-hmm. Because you're together, you are helping each other stay married. Mm. So men need men, but men who can share like good Samaritan men who actually heal each other, comfort each other, forgive each other, 
can grasp passion about life, celebrate each other or for each other mm-hmm. so that you know you have someone in your corner, then therefore you always have someone to turn to. So every man needs a list, hopefully over a lifetime, at least six, enough to carry the coffin, the kind of thing mm-hmm. of men who say, I knew him. I really knew him. He was really here. So men need men. That's the second thing. And then I think we need a place to contribute so that, that we, we, we are, are generously sharing. We need to have security of knowing that I'm giving myself over to something greater than myself. I'm contributing to something bigger than I am. And that's a security too. But isn't it amazing how all three of the securities start with admission of powerlessness? Mm-hmm. You know, like I need to do something that really matters. I need other men in my life so I can thrive well. And I need a connection to God so that I can be resolved of how I'm going to live every day. Wow. So, and, and it, isn't it amazing how human beings are created as emotional creatures? This is the voice of the heart. We're, we're created as emotional and spiritual creatures created to live fully. But we can't live fully unless we're living fully in relationship with ourselves, others, and God. And that security I just named came from relationship with me, relationship with God, relationship with others that allows me to offer myself to a world in need. And the greatest, I mean, the greatest gift we have is being able to get to serve because sculptors, I mean, y'all make music. You make music because you love it. And you make music, but you want a world to hear it. You don't make it to go hide it somewhere. Y'all aren't doing the Emily Dickens thing, you know. She, Dick, Emily Dickens, since she wrote poems and no one ever mm-hmm. saw, but mm-hmm. somebody found them, you know. Yeah. So obviously she left them out before she died, you know. So, <laughs> so I mean. So, come I mean, on, Emily. Yeah, come on. I mean, we know that game. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but we all want to be seen. Uh-huh. We all want to be known. And, and we're literally made like that. We have to work tremendously hard to avoid how we're made. That's called addiction. Hmm. So insecurity leads wow. to security. Wow. So make music, let it be sung, and get ready to get your butts kicked because people are going to criticize it. Right. But your wanting to make it is more powerful than you stopping. Mm-hmm. Even your hurt doesn't stop you. Even your sadness doesn't stop you. But unless your hurt is healed, unless your sadness is comforted, unless your fear is addressed, which means connection to self, others, and God, it can't be addressed otherwise, your music's going to turn sour, Mm. or it's going to be an attack, or it's going to be defensive, or you're going to try to quit. Yeah. You know, right? Does that that make sense? Yeah. So security is something you have to go get because we live in a tragic place. I wake up every day scared. Mm. Mm. Even Saturdays. (laughs) <laughs> even saturdays that's supposed to be the one non yeah, friday night nobody calls to bother anybody right nobody has an emergency on friday night saturday morning everybody's like just okay everything's cool yeah, right yeah 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 you know okay but, well, you know I'm, what i mean I'm i don't mean s- ridiculously afraid but you know what i'm saying just like i know i don't have control yeah yeah i'm gonna skip ahead here because you're you are getting ready to put a children's book out it's out or it'll, it'll be out it's out. This comes out. Yeah, it's, it's out. out now. Yeah. So, one thing that I how, how are you feeling today? How yeah. are you feeling plug today? plug? Yeah, no, no. It's, <laughs> plug Get it away. anywhere. Um, <laughs> one thing that I feel like, for whatever reason, I am just like hung up on as a dad. Is, and it, there's a list here, but but 
maybe the top of the list is is like playing with my kids actually playing with my kids i feel like i have to do it and i feel on on many nights when i go to bed i'm like if i didn't put in the time playing with my kids then i didn't i didn't have a good day you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i'm i'm just curious what your thoughts are on that when i when i was walking over here on my on my commute to work uh amy <laughs> Amy said to me, she's sitting on the porch and she was like, a a friend of hers had just forwarded her an article. She hadn't read it yet. She just got it. She's like, the title of the article is, it's okay to not play with your kids, which I have no idea what that article says, but part of me is like, I got to read that thing. Not that I don't want to play with my kids, but I want to get rid of the shame that I feel if I didn't like nail some bullseye each day in playing with my kids. They're they're all sweaty and happy and laughing and giggling and can't wait to go to bed to see you again the next day. Well, there's something about they they know, they have an internal, like external thermometer and they know when it hits the hottest point in the day and then that's when they ask me to jump on the trampoline every day. Yes, exactly. And I'm like, I just (laughs) took a shower. Let's challenge dad. No, but what are are your thoughts on that? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, um, I think children are fed best when they know that you will deal with all of life. Uh Okay, so that means that you will go to work and you'll admit sadness and you'll come home. And sometimes you say, hey, look, I'm not in a place to to share and talk right now. It has nothing to do with you. I just need to rest for a minute. In other words, that you live truthfully, Mm. but you also live intentionally. Mm-hmm. Say truthful is that you admit the truth of where you are, because if you force yourself over and over again to go do something that you're unlim that you're limited, yeah, like yeah. man, I'm so tired. It's this right. is going to be resentment based, right? Like so, I'm going to avoid going home. Instead, go home and be limited, and then I'll, I'll join you later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so th- that's huge uh-huh. admission. And at the same time, the one one of the greatest joys uh, that uh, your children will remember in their lives is you joining them in their worlds, whether it's working on a project, jumping on a trampoline. It, it is that willingness to go get sweaty again and take another shower. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, because you don't want to miss, you don't want to miss, uh, you know, getting to do that with them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then at the same time, if, if, play is another project just like putting them to bed is another project that means that that a lot of times if it's a project it it becomes transactional like like i have to do this because if i don't do this then they're going to grow up and they're going to be in therapy or they're going to you know they're not going to keep their job they're always you know they're going to get a divorce right when you become grandiose in your predictions out of your own wounds, out of your own shame, out of your own shoulds, then they're not getting you really anyway. Jeez, on Louise. some level, they, 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 they'll smell it out. They'll intuit it because your face. I remember my oldest son, I'm, I'm reading the newspaper. He's talking to me, just sharing stuff. And all of a sudden, I felt this little fingers on my chin, and he turns my head, <laughs> and he said, Daddy, look at me when I'm talking to you. You're not listening. I'm like, that's the truth. God. That is the truth. Yeah. And and even um moments, I mean 5 minutes of closeness 
beats 50 minutes of distracted. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah you know, And it's real. Mm-hmm. It's really real. It feeds them. And the thing is, they will get enough of us. Hmm. And at the same time, they never will. Right. Because they would love for you to take them to a place you can't. Mm. And they would love for you to rescue them from something you can't. Mm. And teaching them slowly that, that, that you will do everything you can to always be there, but you're going to show them how to live life. Which is the beginning of mm-hmm. their relationship with God. Yes. Because you're not God. You're, you're, yeah, you introduced them to God. I remember uh, I was standing out in the driveway. Uh, Tennyson was, had a little Santa Claus hat on. It's June. It's Texas. A big rain had just come. He's wearing a diaper. And, and I saw a rainbow. And he, I said, there's a rainbow. I said, there's gold at the end of the rainbow, Tennyson. And he starts walking out towards the street. He said, take me there, Daddy. I'm like, oh. <laughs> oh, that, that's a, let's see. Like, and there's a, there's a fence across the street, a privacy fence. I'm like, I can't take you there. Mm. I mean, that was, oh, I, I cannot make your life something I can't make mine either. Jeez Louise. Right? So we introduce our children, like you said, to God through the limitations uh-huh. of ourselves yes and still we were born with perfection in our hearts ecclesiastes mm-hmm. 3 so eternity in our hearts yeah. rather which is perfection we were we're looking for a place we can't get to mm-hmm. but we can be sad with them as they keep finding out mm-hmm. we yes. can we can still keep hope in it it kind of gets back to what you uh-huh. said in the beginning like just be with them yeah. yeah, honestly, I hate to say it like that, but yeah, it's just be mm-hmm. with them and, and, and be where you are without introducing them to, to where you need adults to help you get adult solutions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you make sure you don't introduce them to fix me. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. now I'll tell you what I promised. I told both my sons, I said, I will never, ever say I did the best I could to you. I will never lay claim to when you yeah, come to me with your, yeah. your sorrows and pains as men where I, I blew it. I'm never going to look at you. Well, son, I did the best I could. Yeah. But what was so amazing, one of my sons said to me the other day, I was sharing some regrets, and uh, he said, Dad, I know you told me you would never say that, but I'm wanting to tell you. Jeez. I know where you come from, and you've done the best you could. <laughs> oh, oh what an award. And what an admission that I know you fail. I know you make mistakes, which is also an introduction to him knowing that I accept his. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. like, That's great. wow. Okay, so uh, we know you got to go. So we got two quick questions we yeah. end with. Um, every, which, thank you again. I mean, yeah, man, thank y'all. I, you know, the thing is, here, here's my, my problem. I, 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 I'll confess a problem. The, that wherever I go, I, I, I'm so interested in this. That no one has ever said, Chip, turn the water up. You know, everyone always says, okay, <laughs> fire hydrants <laughs> on. You know, no, nobody ever says, is that all the pressure you got in your water? Let me tell you, right. in my life, John uh, is not like this because John is very subdued and he is very disciplined. No one has ever I, I said, saw I feel that. like you're not giving me all you got to give. <laughs> that is just, no one has ever looked at me yeah, yeah. and said, no, yeah, no what, else, said, what else you got? Yeah, 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 they're what, worried yeah, yeah, that yeah. there might be more. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just I feel like from your temperament, Dave. Dumb. That's the problem. It's like they're worried. Like, oh, is all you got? No, I got more. Well, <laughs> I'm donkey from Shrek. Do you have I sugar mean, here? Oh, just some seriously. sugar, and you'll see another level. Seriously, okay, we're gonna um, tell manly stories in the morning. I'm making waffles. I mean, it's like Shrek. It's like <laughs> yeah. Sonya calls me donkey from Shrek. She says, "Do you ever stop?" No, no, I don't. Our sweet wives. Okay. <laughs> First question we ask everybody at the end. Um, what is, you've talked about your sons. What is the one thing you want your sons to know? That I absolutely adore them. Mm. I absolutely uh, love them. And in that, I want them to go. Mm. Go do, go do, go do. Don't miss what you're made for mm. and go give it. Mm. Go get it and give it. Don't miss what you're yep. made for. Don't it. miss it. And no matter what it costs me. Hmm. And, and meaning like, like go, yeah, go. Yeah. Your, your job is to go into the future. Hmm. Your job is not to come back here and take care of the past. Wow. You know, wow. You Man. Know. Jeez. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. I mean, parents owe their children and those children owe their children. Hmm. So that's not an escape route. It's not like I owe you, and therefore you just keep being a taker. Yeah, yeah, the Giving yeah. Tree Shelf Silverstein, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that is a book of horror about warning parents not to be codependents. Mm. You know, like you, don't, you can't play with your children to the point that you rescue them from life. Mm-hmm. If you do, they're going to cut your tree down and cut it. Shelf Silverstein says he takes the apples, then takes the branches to start a fire, then take, cuts the tree down to build lumber for the house. And then all of a sudden the child's sitting on a stump going, well... I guess that's it. I ate my parent alive, you know, mm-hmm. because the parent mm-hmm. did not take care of herself or himself. Mm-hmm. So, you, 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 yeah, I love that you don't want to play with your children some days. Mm-hmm. That's great. And they need to know it because mm-hmm. daddy has a life too. Daddy's limited. Daddy didn't have all the answers. And that's where you said, you know, I don't, I don't have everything. I'm not going to create eternity here. It's not here. Yeah. So I love that. That's a weird death to die. It is. As a parent. That is, yes. Like just going, yep, this is, there's the end of of me, folks. I don't have (laughs) it. I'm not taking you to the the pot of gold, and you're going to need God. And I don't like that either, parents. And and that kind of does speak to how much we parents don't, parents don't trust God. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the gold because you can't trust him to do it. Yeah, man. Because you know what God's going to let them have? Same lives we've had. <laughs> Feelings, needs, desire, longings, and hope, the same struggles. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't want them to have to go through that. So, God, you stay back. Let me handle this part, and then you can have them later. Yeah. <laughs> Once I'm gone. Once I'm gone. <laughs> oh, I can't be sad anymore. Yeah. Speaking of once you're gone, this is the last question. Nice what do you want segue. your boys, thank you, what do you want your boys I to say me, at your funeral? He loved me. Hmm. He wanted my best. And he was willing to do what it took. And uh, also, my dad gave all. So my, my theme song is actually an old, old song. I don't even, uh, I don't even know if I can tell you what it is. We got a guitar right here. Uh, yeah, just, it, it, I, I think it, it, would, it would make you laugh yourself to death and try to play, <laughs> to dream the impossible dream, Man from La Mancha. Oh. I wrote a novel, and I even put that in there that uh, – but the impossible dream to say that, you know, I used it all up. Mm-hmm. He gave all. He never stopped. He never quit. He never stopped believing. He walked all the way through what he was compelled and, and called to do. And, uh, Man. and he, left, he left something behind that's worth keeping. 
you know, the legacy and keep it in their hearts, you know. Mm-hmm. I just want them to know that I loved them. Yeah. You know, just loved them. Yeah, amen. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you all. This was great. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Dave.